Welcome to Digication Scholars Conversations. I'm your host, Jeff Yan. In this episode, you will hear part two of my conversation with Jorge Colon, Associate Professor of Practice at the Center of Veterinary Business and Entrepreneurship at the College of Veterinary Medicine at Cornell University. More links and information about today's conversation can be found on Digication's Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Full episodes of Digication Scholars Conversations can be found on YouTube or your favorite podcast app. So you you discovered it through a showcase, you know, opportunity. And for those who don't know what that means, I, I, I'm going to try to provide some context here. A lot of schools do this where, you know, some pockets of a university is using portfolios. And portfolios, unlike an exam or a paper, you know, that you write and then it sort of gets buried somewhere, um, a lot of people have these incredible artifacts, which, you know, results in these, you know, beautiful websites sometimes of their work and achievements and, and so on, their reflections and so on. And a lot of places will, because this work is so beautiful, they just, you know, create events where it becomes a showcase event where students get to show it, talk about it, and then other people attend and get to learn about it. Is that, is that the similar to what you did? So no, that's actually similar to how I learned about the portfolio. When I was down at, you mentioned uh, our mutual friend, Pat, he worked for CTI here at the college and they were showcasing and the director of the plant sciences department, if I remember correctly, from the undergraduate school of the College of Agriculture and Life Sciences was presenting how in plant sciences they were utilizing the portfolio to showcase the work that the plant sciences students were doing in their externships and classroom curricular and extracurricular work so they could showcase this incredible work that they were doing, which had a hugely visual component as well. And in fact, years later, it turns out my daughter is actually a undergraduate student. She's a fourth year clinical, uh, fourth year student here at, at, at Cornell in plant sciences using the portfolio. In fact, she's doing a summer externship and she's taking pictures of things that she's working at a public garden so she can showcase it in her portfolio. So this is how I learn about the portfolio. But the usage that I have for the portfolio is completely different from this. When I, when I heard this professor talk about the portfolio, in my mind, I said, this will be an incredible tool for utilization in the veterinary space in a way that we don't have something that will meet some of the needs that I think that we have. And so let me extremely simplify something. Contrary to what I think, and maybe my, my preconceived notions are completely incorrect, but in my career, other than when I apply for my job here at Cornell, when I'm 25 years after graduating from graduate school, that was the first time in my life I had ever really needed a resume. I had one, but I never needed to write one because in the veterinary space, that's a lot of people who get hired without ever looking at somebody's resume. If you come to practice at my practice and visit as a student in my practice, and I understand that you understand what you're talking about, you're coachable, everything else, then you might be a great asset. You went to Cornell Veterinary School. You obviously have the knowledge. I just need to make sure that you can do the work. And I really couldn't care less what your resume says, right? So, so hiring in the veterinary space and resumes have not always gone hand in hand, which in the rest of the world, in the banking world, in the finance, it, you know, your resume is a huge component, right? Indeed, as a, as a place, for example, online would, would probably 
fail within the veterinary space because that's not the way that people get hired. As an example, just it could be anything. There's still a lot of people, LinkedIn, for example, there's a lot of people in the veterinary space who just don't use it because they have never had a need for it. That's changing, but I don't want, I don't need to be naming names of companies. But employers, when they were looking at potential employees, were then having to Google this person. And what they're finding through Google or through whatever search engine is stuff that maybe those people didn't want to find out, like the picture that you were doing, you know, doing a keg stand at the last party you were at when you got together with your high school classmates. So, you know, stuff that you don't want people to find out, this is what people will find out by Googling or searching for your name as an example. So I don't want people to be getting hired that way either. Um, and so I... I thought of how does a potential electronic portfolio showcase that which makes the student different than the other student who also took the same excellent curricular education at Cornell, but whose life experiences have dictated a different moral compass, the who, the what, of what drives you. How do I showcase this in a way that a resume can't do it in simple words. And that many times a job interview, which is either in person or through Zoom now or through social media now, that can't get done in 15 minutes because there's a lot of things about reflecting on somebody's work, et cetera, that those things that cannot do. And so that's what we turn our portfolio to be. It's a tool for differentiation that is not, even though it's a social media platform because it's online, it is not your social media platform. The pictures are not there to present pictures of you. The pictures are there to support that reflection of the work that you've done, the reflection of the learnings that you have done through experiences, or to showcase, you know, I had a student who had a picture with Jane Goodall with a chimpanzee in Africa, right? That's amazing. Yeah. Picture, right? And the reflection about what the experience meant and what she wanted to become as a veterinarian was supported by that picture. It wasn't just the picture, right? I had a student who was in Israel, and thankfully the, this person is healthy and, and well physically, but there were bones falling on the street when he was there. And so when I told him we were talking about the portfolio, like I did not want to know about the story of what happened. What I, I, I said, let's get together and let's go have a drink and you tell me the story because this is incredible, right? But what I want to read in your portfolio is, how did this change you? Did your view of humanity as a future veterinarian change? What is your moral compass now? What's important for you? What you want to become, did that change because of your experience? And that reflection on veterinary-related curricular and extracurricular experiences is what makes our portfolio which I believe is a completely different use of what the portfolio that I got taught was the portfolio was being used for. So it's still the same tool. We're just using it for a completely different purpose. And that by itself has turned into a incredible job finding tool for students. Um, the end result of our portfolio, because the second thing that I've utilized is I have alumni and friends of the college who serve as portfolio reviewers providing feedback to students as part of a course that I now teach called ePortfolio. And the purpose of the course is how do you build your ePortfolio? And we just go through 
in an asynchronous course where they get to do this. And the end result of this portfolio feedback system by alumni of the college, et cetera, is that people finding jobs without looking for them is becoming a very common occurrence. Networking is insane. The My relationship with our Office of Alumni Affairs and Development, I'm like their favorite son here at the college because the engagement that I'm getting from alumni with the college is incredible. Alumni love me because when I reach for them, I'm just asking for their time, which is one of the most valuable things that they can give me, right? I just need your time. It was going to take you between 45 minutes and an hour and a half in an asynchronous fashion. Maybe you have a glass of wine or a beer or a water in your hand and you just read the student's portfolio and you provide some simple feedback. That's all I'm asking for and they get really engaged. Alumni Affairs calls them because they want money. So what's happening now is that the alumni are calling Alumni Affairs after they engage with me because they feel so engaged with the college that they wanna give money. So Alumni Affairs loves me because I'm, I'm, I'm stimulating the communication with them. But the process is that, the, or, or the end result is that the students are having an incredible networking opportunity incredible ability to gain mentorship, to to find jobs in a way that they couldn't do before, and just to showcase who and what of who they are, what drives them, what's their personal philosophy, what is important to them, and why do they want to be the veterinarian that they want to become. I love this, and I, I wanted to dive into one part that you talked about that I just really love, and that I think a lot of people really if you don't listen carefully, you'd miss, or you, you might, you know, it comes in, you know, I want to make sure this is really obvious to, to everyone. I know so many people when they talk about portfolio, especially as a showcase tool, as a job, as a career, you know, tool, they try to show their skills. You know, they try to say, I have the skills and therefore you should hire me. Sometimes it's, I have the skills plus I have the certificate. Therefore, you should hire me. Or I have the qualification and the skills. Therefore, you should hire me. But what you said is, yeah, sure. I mean, you come to Cornell, you graduate with a certificate. We sort of expect you to have some pretty good skills. You can show it. That's great. But we want to know everything else about who you are. Yeah. Right? We wanted to know, did you make a decision to do this? Because you mean you met uh, Jane Goodall and 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 was impacted in a specific way, because that might be the differentiator that makes it different, makes you different for this job than every other applicants. And it's not always to me even about that. It's not about them selecting you. It's also about you selecting the right right opportunity, right? So if you are that person that cares about certain aspects of, you know, of, of, of this field, maybe it's a great firm or a great company that you could be working at, except that, you know, they have a completely different, you know, focus, then maybe that's not the job for you anyway. Yeah. So to me, there is a sort of like, the, like you said, this networking comes in with, you know, it's almost like, yeah. We know if you're getting this certificate, getting this degree, getting this qualification, that you should have, you know, all of these basic things, like you said very early on. But can we coach you? Are we going to get along? Is this going to be a cultural fit? Do we have the same kind of North Star in how we view the world? Yep. Right. 
And the portfolio gives you that. And that's the stuff that, by the way, another one of those things that I think that when people are really misunderstanding higher education, that's where they're misunderstanding it. That's the stuff that it comes with, you know? Otherwise, guess what? We could have rewind back many more decades ago. The library has all the books already. Why don't we just go there and read? Yeah. Read for a, a few years, you've read everything. And 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 why would you even need to go do you know go get an education so to speak, right? Because it's not about just getting that skill by being able to, to 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 perform it or to to regurgitate it. It's it's all of the rest of the building of that human, right? Yeah, yeah. And in our portfolio, to to support what you're saying, in our portfolio, that skill mentioning that skill is not a part of your portfolio. Students get feedback as they construct their portfolio, and that will be one of the first feedbacks that they get, that this is not what we want. That's what your resume is for. This is not to replace a resume. This is not to replace an interview. This is a supporting document in the self-marketing process. What the portfolio needs to do, at least in our course, in our class, the way we use it, is why... Did you pursue that skill? Like what drove you to it? But more importantly, what are you going to do with it? What is your intent on doing with it? I don't care that you are a boarded surgeon, which the students obviously wouldn't be, but what are you planning on doing with it, right? Don't tell me that you are part, you're the president of the DEI chapter of the college. What are you going to do as a veterinarian with that experience? How are you going to change? How are you going to go and influence young high school or elementary school kids who A, don't know that veterinary medicine could be in their future, and B, that they could make a difference in the DEI world as a veterinarian? That is what the portfolio shows, not that you have DEI skills. Because your DEI skills are defined in your resume, your DI skills will be defined based on the job posting that you're answering and the cover letter as you as you showcase the employer why you're the best fit for that job. That's where you show the skill. But why, who, what, how, and the moral compass created by that skill, that's what we have in the portfolio. And that's what creates that differentiation. And differentiation is the name of the game of our portfolio. If the course was not called ePortfolio, the, co the course will be named Differentiation. And I, you know, something that I wanted to also say is that there are people that I talk to that really believe in reflection and, you know, sort of this process in which they find out about themselves and, you know, who they are and all this stuff. And, um, but they, you know, these are educators have a hard time then justifying look, we have a curriculum that is really full. We have to teach them these hundreds of things or thousands of things, you know, content, how to do something, right? But we have to, so many of them, and it keeps building up, by the way, right? I mean, is it ever going to be a smaller amount of stuff that they have to learn? No, actually, it's just going to be more and more and more because we discover more things, we have more tools, we have more more ways of doing things, etc. So given the time, you know, that we have with them, whether, whether it be four years or however many years, you know, we, we out of time. We don't have time for them to do this reflection. We don't have time to, for them to do this in almost as if, well, 
yes, I believe is important. It's just not as important as as the covering all 500 pages of the book. And next year, the book is now a volume two, has 600 pages. Right? So it's even harder now, right? So what do you say to that? Well, I have I have multiple opinions on this. One, um, one is the nature of the work that we do. Um, veterinary medicine is one where, as you say, there's not enough time for all the material that needs to be taught. But veterinary medicine is one of the things that that class that you took in fall semester of freshman year is an integral component of the stuff that you're doing in fourth year. It's not one of the things that you took the class, you pass the test, and you're done with it. It's it's medicine that builds on the knowledge already acquired. And for that reason, it's not something you just do it once and forget it. You have to incorporate it into the person that you're going to be later. So you have to revisit and the process of revisiting things and building on it, I think has been shown, and I'm not an expert on this by any means, but it has been shown to create better retention and better learning, better knowledge and understanding when you incorporate concepts over and over and over and you build up on the complexity of each. You understand a concept and then you add to it and you add to it. You add to it versus just seeing it one time and being expected to know everything about it, you know, even after the final test. So that's one thing. The second thing, and we actually just participated in a conference where we're talking about feedback within the ePortfolio um, as a driver for self-regulated learning, which is a process in the process of, you know, coming up with an idea, implementing that idea, getting feedback on that idea, accepting that feedback, seeing feedback for continuous improvement and continuous propulsion, propagation of the process of learning a concept over and over and over in a better way. And so the ePortfolio was a perfect example of feedback as a driver of self-regulated learning. And that, again, goes into the factor that, yes, there's not enough time for all the stuff that we have to teach. Uh, many people say that veterinary medicine is more difficult than human medicine because whereas me human medicine, they go obviously much deeper into one specific species, you know, um, we have yeah, to do it <laughs> And yeah. the anatomies are the same, the physiologies are the same, the, the diseases are not the same, and, and, and the exam for you to have your veterinary license covers all of them. Um, and so there's a lot of stuff to be taught, but it's not a learn this one time and you'll retain it forever. And so you have to keep bringing it together. And so um, I, I, we have to keep doing that even though there's not enough time. You have to keep revisiting items. It creates better retention of the material. It creates better understanding of new material. So all these things are very important. It's almost like the net results over the long term is going to be much better yes. because you are now a better learner. You are more yes. efficient at learning. Yes. You know what type of person you are and what makes you, you know, what drives you. And I think that there is plenty of research that shows that when the drive is there, your performance shoots up exponentially. Without the drive, you know, you're just doing it because someone dangling a certificate at the end and it's like dragging yourself to cross the finish line. Whereas with the drive, you want to cross the finish line because you got some more important stuff to do. Right? It's not just a certificate. And I think that's such a to me there's almost like this very visual way of thinking about, you know, like 
you know, the, the, the two different tribes of, you know, people, you know, when, when one is, you know, filled with that drive that they can only get through a lot of self-examination of them, of themselves. Um, right. No one can tell you that, right. It's sort of like how you study yourself and get your experiences together and discovering that, um, I love the some of the things that you talked, all the things that you had talked about. You know your use of you know portfolios. Now, one of the things that um, I, I, I kind of you know it sounds like, you know they start in the beginning when they when they came when they come to the program. Is is that correct? Uh, you mean the course that I'm providing? Mm -hmm. the, yeah. the course our, our students go through a four year curriculum here at the Veterinary College. And the fourth year students are rotating through the clinics. And so they are not actively in classes anymore. So the students that are available to take this an elective course, we call them distribution courses. Students that um, are available to take distribution courses are students in their first, second, and third year. So our course is available to any student in any of those first three years. So they can take it at any time when they can fit it into their schedule. Um, obviously, a student in the third year has more curricular and extracurricular veterinary-related experiences that have a deeper meaning that that veterinarian that you were working during the summers while you were in high school type of scenario. So they can get a, though, though they should be able to get a deeper, more meaningful portfolio, the first-year students are still producing really good portfolios. So, so the quality of the portfolios and, and the depth that they go into, they're still really good no matter what year they take it. But the main thing that get that gets driven into the process is that that semester that you take the e-portfolio course that you learn how to build your portfolio, that's not the end of your portfolio. This is a living, breathing document that needs to keep growing with you as you go through your curricular education and even after you leave the college. And so it just needs to keep getting updated and new reflections being put into it, whatever. The purpose of the course is to teach you how to create it and why you should create it and the importance of creating it and reflecting and the importance of all these things, but this is for you just to keep using it for later. So they can dig it at any time. And I and I think that one of the I, I love that because it's so universal. Can because by the way, some of the 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 to me, some of the really um sort of this continuum of when do you start to do this reflection is a question that a lot of I, I hear sometimes from, you know, um, sort of acad academics who would say, oh, I love that. They, they should be able to do that, but only after they've learned all these skills. Um, and and it's, uh, it's, uh, it's sad because, you know, I think in some ways one would argue that those who are able to be exposed to this way of learning makes it more efficient for them to learn all the skills as they, you know, go through their, you know, their, their, their other coursework as they are taking a lot of content. And to that, to that end, I even say, Hey, look, I'm seeing at education, we see a lot of high school students, middle school students, even elementary school students do their versions of, it. now they're not necessarily the elementary school students are not necessarily doing the same kind of reflections that your students are doing. But this idea of giving them space and time to just kind of soak in what they've done and 
have a chance to think about it, have a chance to make sense of it, is to me is just a wonderful thing to do. Yeah, and and, and I have a good feeling that the younger students, when they do the portfolio, at least in my mind, I think that when they approach those future experiences, their mindset towards them is different because they already exposed to reflection on what they already did. So they'll be pre-reflecting on what they're doing or what they will be doing. So there will be more meaning into why do I want to do this summer job? Or there will be more meaning as to why do I really want to take this class? Like I'm not just taking this class now because I got to fulfill a requirement. I got to take this class because I'm interested in this or this will catapult me into something else. And by the way, it also fulfills a requirement. The end result is still the same, but the reason why might be different. And so I still think that the portfolio will create a huge difference in the process of just because people start acting and behaving differently, at least internally towards their vision of what is it that I need to do? Why is it that I want to do that? And how am I going to get towards doing it? Right. I think their attitude is different. Well, I think that your the example that you gave also shows this incredible um, direct correlations with the outcomes as well. Because I think that a lot of folks that I talk to, they say, well, we don't have time for the reflection because we have to cover all these things. And in their mind, they justify by saying, hey, look, you know, if they need to get a certificate in this, we know it for us to, you know, give them, you know, give our seal of approval. We must, you know, cover these things. I think some of it is just, you know, I think that there was a time where there was a finite amount of things that you can sort of squeeze in and it's okay. But I think that the content now is so vast. I mean, I can't imagine in your field, how, how do you even have time to study the, 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 all the different species, right? Um, and so it's so vast that it couldn't be the, dri- the only driver. And so I, I, to me, one of the interesting things that you had said was, it is these reflections that get them job opportunities and getting them hired. So for all of the people thinking about what we can do to better our students' lives in a very direct, simple way, hey, they come here for this, I want them to be able to be successful and be fulfilled you know, by being able to have these opportunities. Guess what? The people hiring are also looking for that, actually. They're looking for these reflections. So these reflections are not this touchy-feely thing that it's like, it's nice to have, but, you know, it's okay, it's, it's okay we don't have it. If anything, it is the differentiator, isn't it? It is the differentiator, and, and the reflections allow the students to have meaning towards that material that they're learning in the classroom. And so it's not just this stuff that they just got to memorize to spit it into a test answer later their mentality is just changing into finding meaning into the scenario. I'm, I'm going to tell you a very, very quick story about exactly what you just said. I have a colleague that I knew from veterinary school who's a, who's a equine practitioner as well. And she's one of the alumni that I have used as a reviewer of portfolios to give feedback to the students. And she has participated in this process with me for the last two years. And I was chatting with her the other day in in, in her mind now, a student from Cornell that applies for a job at her practice, she's got a fairly large practice, 
who does not provide a portfolio as part of their application materials, she instantaneously thinks that there might be something wrong with the student. Like, why did you not? So, so it's flipped the switch on the scenario like, why don't you have a portfolio? Like, I would know so much more about you if I wanted you to be part of my business or not from this portfolio. And I'm used now to the portfolio. If you don't have one, you're, you're leaving me as the employer hanging. Like, your resume is not enough. I get comments. I have learned more about you from this portfolio than from any CV or any resume I have ever read in my life. Like, I have never met you, but I know you. Like, when can we meet? That's amazing. That's amazing. It's a, it's almost like by learning about yourself, you show the path for other people to learn about. What's your passion? What drives you? What's your personal philosophy? What are your goals? What, what, what's your moral compass? Those things make a difference for those people that you will work with. Because you can learn all the book knowledge that you can. You could be the top graduate in your class and have the highest GPA. Absolutely an incredible feat. And you can, but if you can't tie your shoe when you go out into being the professional that you're trained to be, right? You could tell me, if you can tell me how to, the molecules that are made up to design those shoes, excellent. But if you can't tie it and walk with it, then what's the use? You got to be able to do both. And so this is what potential employers are looking for, for example, or this is what the students should be looking for, for when they get out, they need to know why they want to know this information. Like what is the ultimate purpose? The ultimate purpose for a veterinarian is as the veterinarians both says, you know, to take care of animal lives. And so what is the purpose? You could be great at doing it, but if you don't know why you're doing it or what is the passion in doing it, then then you're not going to be as good as you could. Be. And so the reflections create this and all this other stuff that we've been talking about and hence the answer to the, we don't have enough time in the curriculum for reflections. It's like, well, you better because this drives better learning than just material information on a one-way street, which is a lecturer to a student. It just, it's not, it just, doesn't go that way. And by the way, we were talking earlier in this conversation about what it was like when you and I were students. This was no part of the equation at all. We didn't have this. And so I think it's a much better way of approaching learning today than what we had. And just, again, maybe it was present. It was just not amplify. I think you used that word, which I think is perfect. It was just not amplified to that level before. So maybe better times now. So I have one last question for you. Sure. And it, it has more to do with you know, your, I, I wanted to, to tell you that in the field of e-portfolios, in the, in the, in the, in the, 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 the general sort of portfolio community had always made this assumption. Again, I think it's an assumption that's incorrect, but I think they've made this assumption that it's easier, is more natural, is more intuitive to do all this portfolio reflections, etc. if you are in the arts. The science folks, the STEM folks, you know, the folks in medicine, the folks in engineering, the folks in, you know, you guys are all very sort of black and white. And therefore, this 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 um, reflection stuff does not apply. Um, it, it doesn't work. Now, of course, in your case, it does and is critical. But how would you 
sort of give people a little insights, the window of, you know, what real, you know, sort of what is really like in the, in, 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 in the sciences, because I think that some of these are just people make assumptions because they didn't know what it's like, you know, to learn in, 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 in the, in the, in the science fields. I, I can see how in the non-science fields, like for example, my daughter and plant sciences, the showcasing of the work done and the beauty of the work you see in public garden management, for example, the beauty of the work done and the accomplishments that the visual component of that is extremely important. And the portfolio allows to showcase, allows them to showcase that together with the description of what they learn and the reflection on it. Extremely important. In the science scenario, pictures of them doing a surgery or pictures of them doing a physical exam on an animal, that is not, which will be the equivalent, right? But that's not what drives the purpose of the portfolio. The science comes as to the why is that you want to be a scientist. I'll give you an example. You read one of my students' resumes and you can see that this person has been interested in things related to oncology and research related to cancer, for example. And you can see based on the resume that they have done experiences on this. If you um, read about their experiences, this will be obvious. But you don't know why. Maybe they're interested in this. You know, it's a it's a, a, a great field within the medical field with our human and veterinary space, et cetera. But when you read their portfolio and then you discover through self-reflection that maybe a parent died at a, when they were young because of something related to cancer and that drove them to be the type of scientist they want to be in the future. And now that who, why, and what, why they want to be an oncologist has much, much deeper meaning and significant significance that there's emotions associated with that non-emotional component of a scientist, right? Science is supposed to not have emotion, but it brings emotion to the table. And so as an example, an employer sees, you know, this is a life experience that has driven this person's drive towards being a scientist. That doesn't mean that somebody who didn't have a issue like that as a young age, that they wouldn't be a great scientist, but it's an example of something that showcases. And so the portfolio serves to showcase in the sciences some things that there's no other way that you would learn about this person because there's no interview as part of a job interview that you would find out that this future graduates drive towards becoming an oncologist because a parent died of cancer when they were little. That, that's not going to come up in an interview. And by the way, you probably can't add, there will be illegal for you to ask something like this. But if they reflect on the why they want to be that person, now you know a lot more about this person. You understand their drive. You understand their passion. It has a lot more meaning to it, and there's emotions attached to it. So the portfolio brings something to the table that is actually makes science that much more powerful. So it's just a different way of using an incredible tool. I love that. I love that. It's 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 almost like the, you know, the. To me, I always find that you know when we when we hire people. 
you know, the skills and all of that is fine. It's really, you know, a big test sometimes is when things get hard, can you, can you push through? You know, when things get really tough, when things that seem impossible, do you have that extra drive, the extra gear that if everyone's just running in the same gear, we're all good here. You know, like we can drive you at high speed is, is good. But when I need that extra gear, do you have it? And without no, like without knowing that reflection, I don't know whether they have it. Yeah. Yeah. You know? We always say one of the true measures of a veterinarian is what do you do when no one's looking, right? The animals here with you, they can't talk, they can't say, right? Um, when when times get tough and are you doing the right thing by your patient that nobody else would know, right? And that's just that passion, that drive, that extra gear that you're talking about is something that actually can be seen through a reflection. You otherwise wouldn't know it. And like you said, I can teach you any skill. I can teach you how to suture a patient after a spay. I can teach you how to do a nerve block on an animal for a lameness exam. I can't teach you how to care. I can't teach you how to have passion for what you do. I can't teach you how to have pride on the work being done. And reflecting on these things does drive those things to come up to the service and be seen. And if you don't have them, I, in my mind, hope that the process of reflecting might start generating those feelings to come through. So it's extremely valuable, the process of helping people truly become better versions of themselves. Well, that's beautiful. Um, well, I guess, you know, it, there's so much more that we could talk about and maybe we'll hopefully find another time to to continue this conversation. But it is uh, lovely having this conversation with you, Jorge, and I really appreciate you sharing all of, all of these insights. Well, Jeff, tr truly my pressure. Thank you for having me. This I, I enjoy the, uh, the education product that you guys put together. I enjoy, truly enjoy what's been accomplished with it and what we will continue to accomplish. Everything that's ha happened thanks to the ePortfolio is much, much greater and bigger than what I ever thought I was going to accomplish with it because uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not that smart. Um, it, it's it's way beyond anything that we ever thought we could accomplish with it. And, and it goes into the process of showcasing to other people what our students are made of and, and what drives them. And so it's a, it's a hugely important component of what I do here at the college now. And, and being able to talk about this with you and for, for your listeners, is, it's completely a pleasure for me. So thank you for the opportunity. Thank you. Thank you for the kind words. All right. Well, take care and uh, talk to you soon, okay? Okay. Thanks, Jeff. I appreciate it. Coming up next, we will be chatting with Krista Matlock, career coach STEM at Bucknell University. Here is a quick preview. I think it's just like anything else, it's keeping up with the times, right? Um, so keeping up with the changes in technology, um, changes in resources, changes in the hiring process. So in the last, I don't know, few decades, I assume, um, there has been a shift, right? From less of the one-on-one -on -one focus to we have to be able to reach more students. While we still do that because it's still imperative that the students have that opportunity, right, to sit down one-on-one -on -one and really talk about their career path, starting to really think about themselves and how they relate to 
not only what they're learning in school, but things outside of school in society and beyond that into their career. And I was just, I was so excited about it. What career paths can you cross off the list? What topics and ideas are sparking my curiosity? So it gets a little bit more specific. Some of the prompts might be related to so starting to think more about personal values. So what is important to you? So just really basic reflections on themselves is, is really where this one starts. See you next time. This concludes our conversation. To hear our next episode, be sure to subscribe to Digication Scholars Conversations on YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. The Digication Scholars Conversation series is brought to you by Digication, a technology platform powering the most innovative e-portfolio programs in K-12 and higher education. Our website can be found at digication.com. If you enjoyed today's conversation, please like, subscribe, and share with a friend. Thanks for tuning in.